I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Today we are talking behavior and um, navigating things with kids when they just don't want to listen, or maybe um, we are having trouble uh, giving out consequences, things of that nature um, for our kids. And I'm with uh, Kimball Lewis. And before I bring Kimball on, uh, let me give you a little background on, on him. So Kimball Lewis is the CEO of EmpoweringParents.com. In addition to his leadership and management roles, he contributes as an editor, a homeschooling expert, and a parent coach. He resides in Orlando, Florida, and his wife and two teenage sons. Um, please welcome Kimball Lewis to the show. Thanks for having me, Heather. Glad to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Um, before we dive in to all the things, um, icebreaker. Oh, no. Here we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, well, you have kids. How old are your kids? Uh, so that's a little out of date, actually. My kids are now t- are now uh, 19 and 21. Oh, okay. Well, well, we'll still, this will still, still okay. be okay. So what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Cookie? Yeah, because it's chaos and cookies is the name of the game. Oh, oh, I don't know if this counts as a cookie, but there used to be this thing, not from Texas, but there used to be this thing called Texas sheet cake, like these little things. Yeah. You know what that is? Oh, I'm in Texas, so okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's really good. It's but I don't know if that's a cookie. It's more like a brownie. It's more like um, a brownie, but yeah, hey, it's that, more like that, a brownie. That counts. But I like sugar cookies. Oh, like the, sugar like the ones you bake, or the ones that you get at the like the ones you bake with the sugar Soft. on top. Yeah, but they're just like they're just plain. They're not. They don't have chocolate chips. They don't have anything. They're just mostly butter and sugar. Just like the butter cookies or or uh, sugar cookies. Well, hey, yeah, you know it's what? Boring. That's boring, right? You know what? Everyone usually goes with the chocolate chip and everyone's like, I'm going to be boring and say that. So yeah. I, you never know. I get lots of cool, cool answers. So I like chocolate chip too, but yeah, but I don't like double chocolate chip though. I like, like that's too much chocolate for me. Oh, so I'm not a chocolate person, but I like chocolate chips. Okay. I don't like chocolate ice cream. doesn't do it for me, but chocolate chip ice cream is great. Interesting. Or mint chocolate or mint chocolate chip ice creams is the best. Even better, huh? Yes. <laughs> I know that that one's good. I'm like that weird person. That's like, I like watermelon flavored things, but I won't eat watermelon. I don't like it. It's the texture. For some reason, I can't get my head around biting into what I don't like it at all. See, I've got that. I don't, I don't like peanut butter or peanuts that much, but I love peanut butter flavored stuff. Like a Reese's peanut butter cup is, is awesome, but I, but I won't eat peanut butter. Interesting. Hmm. I know everyone's so weird and quirky, Mm -hmm. but Hey, that's what makes us us. Um, so I, um, reading your bio, I actually see a parenting coach. Um, I have one, uh, I'm going through a divorce and we both use one. Um, it's very helpful. It's very helpful for when you're going through, uh, when you definitely have two households or you might have two, a parent, even if you are still married, one has one view, one has another, but I find it very helpful, um, and it's almost like therapy as well. So tell me a little bit more about what you do and um, how you help people. So, so the basis of, so I'm at, at so our, my company's called Empowering Parents. Our website's empoweringparents.com. 
There are hundreds of free articles there. But but the key thing behind everything we do is a is a parenting program called the Total Transformation Program, which was put together by a guy named James Lehman um, in the sort of mid-2000s. And he was a defiant child, ended up in prison for a number of years and was just like living on the streets. Like he was, he was like kind of bad news. And he turned his life around around age 25 and ended up going to Fordham University and then getting a social work degree at Boston University. And he had a 30-year career working in group homes with defiant kids. Wow. And, and he had a set of tools and techniques for dealing with kids with behavior problems. And, and he worked with parents and what he and so the whole idea behind empowering parents was to empower parents without having to get a master's degree in graduate school with the basic tools on how to deal with kids who are defined, how to talk to them, how to set consequences, how to behave with them, how to like, how to establish your authority in the household when you've lost control of your household. Oh, and man. so that's the whole thing, empowering parents. It was called the total transformation program. So we're an evangelist for his work. He, he, about a half a million parents have used this program. And at the height of his popularity in 2010, he suddenly passed away. So I came on after that to try to continue on like, like his teachings and his work and it's, and, and it's been fantastic. So, so the coaching that we offer, if you, if you come onto our website, you'll, you'll learn about the total transformation program. You can sign up for it, but our coaches are trained in that program and they work through the parent with the parents and applying the principles of the program. Mm -hmm. They work with the parent, you know, that you get feedback from like, how did that work out? And you discuss strategy you know, a big part of a big part of what we do, like like consequences, is a big part of of what we do. Um, with your coach, you you'll come up with a menu of consequences. So when, when parents come to us, it's not the first time they're having a problem. It's like the umpteenth time they're having a problem. Yeah. And you know it's going to happen again. So the best thing you can do is is be prepared. And what you can do is work with your coach and figure out what I'm going to do. What am I going to do the next time this happens? And you put a plan in place and you start executing that plan. And you work with your coach on what that plan ought to be. And then, and then after it happens again, and you have your next next coaching session, you discuss what happened and you yeah. kind of go about it systematically. And if you go about it systematically and, and you do a lot of the effective stuff, and, and we talked about this earlier before the show started and start doing less of the ineffective stuff, you can like really turn things around. So that's, that's the basis of the whole thing. Absolutely. And I, when I meet with mine, it's like, I present what's, what's happening right now. I ask like, how should I approach this? Or this is what's coming up. And what do you think about? how I'm going to do this or, and then we talk about it and then we check in and it, it's very helpful, um, navigating tricky things because I think we, parenting is hard enough. And then you throw yeah. in behavior problems or a divorce or possibly like a, a crazy death in the family or something. It, it can throw things and we are not prepared because we've never gone through it before. And every child is also different. So for me, my kids are nine, seven, and five. And I feel like sometimes, especially when they have to go from household to household, it's still a transition. They're getting better because it's now been about a year. And it's, I feel like having to get back control when they come in because our rules are so different. And I can't tell him how to parent or what to do. I can tell them and they understand the rules, but it's very difficult because they are very young. Mm -hmm. um, and testing boundaries is their job. It's we all do, yeah. but I feel it is, like their, it is their job. It is their job to do that. It and is their for job us to, and, to enforce um, those and, and to encourage their independence. So it's not, it's, it's totally normal when they do that. Yeah. 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 But then it's like, sometimes I'm talking and they're not even listening. I'm like, like, hello. Like, so I have to like, 
I've tried different methods, like reconnecting when they come back and say, okay, like, what did you, like one good thing. And one, you know, not so great thing that happened while we were apart and we'd share and we try to reconnect that happened for about two, two times. And then they're like, Hey, I'm not doing this anymore. So we, I've tried these different things because you're trying to reconnect with them to reestablish boundaries, reestablish and bring them back to like, to regulate them. So what do you do? Or what do you tell parents? Like when you're just talking to your children and they're just literally not even listening to you, like they, you're just are you serious. <laughs> like, is this happening right now? Like, am I not, do you hear me this morning? I was like, Hey guys. And I told them like three times and then I'm like, hello. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And like, <laughs> are you going to respond? I heard you. I'm like, well, acknowledge it. You know? So what do you think? About so, that? so I would, um, first of all, I love how you talk about when they, when they come back from from your ex's house, mm-hmm. there's, there's this weird phenomenon about a transition time. So like banshees, wild banshees. Like you think they were, yeah. they were in the wild. <laughs> yeah. If you go, if you go on, if you go on our website and you look at our articles that we have on, on a divorced, a divorce situations with there's co-parenting going on the, this, this, when the kid comes back from the other household, like that transition time is when so much conflict seems to happen for some reason. It's not, we don't exactly explain why, and I'm not sure exactly why, why it always happens, but there's something about that transition time. And then also when parents come home from work, if they've been gone for the day, they come back. The fight almost always happens within, within like first 10 minutes of they walk in the door. So one, oh, one yeah. thing we coach, we coach parents to like, you got to give yourself a buffer time where you come home. Don't talk to your child for the first half hour. If you're in this conflict with them, go home and then do something and get yourself in a, in a better place. Because what often happens is on your way home, you're having that argument in your head already. And, and, oh, if, yeah. you're, and if you're having that argument in your head, it's guaranteed when you walk in the door, you're going to have it. And, and you and may not want it. Tolerance is probably very high. Exactly. You've had this whole fight. They don't even know they were part of the fight. And then you walk in the door and you have the fight. It happens with, with couples too. So, oh, I, but, sure. <laughs> but, but the listening thing. So I would ask, and like in a coaching session, I would ask, well, do we, are they, are they not listening because they're just scattered their, their brain somewhere else? Or are they defiantly not listening to you? That's a little bit a different situation because like in passive, they could be, it could be passive aggressive behavior where they're purposely not listening to you. Yeah. That's the latter on sure. purpose to like percent, hundred percent. They're not like that hundred percent. They're pretending not to hear me because they know that I'm either explaining them to something they already know, or I'm correcting a behavior that like my daughter, let's just, my daughter yesterday, yeah. I, when the teacher walks to my car before and we're friends, it's like, Oh God, what'd she do? And she's like, well, she said two bad words today. I don't know if you got my email yet. Oh, wait, I haven't sent you the email, but FYI. And she's like, she was talking to some friends and she used some inappropriate language. I asked her and it was the cutest thing and couldn't, didn't want to laugh, but this is just letting you know. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, yeah, she said that she heard it last year and we know who she heard it from. And I'm like, great. And so she comes into the car and she's like, I know mom. And she's seven. Sherry knows that I'm going to say something. Yeah. And I look at her and then when her and I try to have a conversation about later, she just kind of rolls her eyes and I'm like, okay, like, I know, you know, this, but then why, why aren't you doing it? Like, you know, better. Yeah. A lot of times. So we usually, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're not listening and not doing something they should be doing, that's in particular is that is the actions. Are they, are they, are they misbehaving in a way? Are they being defiant towards you? Are they not doing chores, not doing homework or whatever? Is that we, 
whether they listen to you or not, there becomes a consequence for it. Mm-hmm. And that's a consistent thing. You consistently have a consequence. They don't have to listen to you. You can't make your child listen to you. You actually can't. You can't make your child do their homework either. Like you can't make them. Oh do my God. It. She's the worst. She will not do it. And she knows yeah. she's supposed to, but then she asks, you know, she, so I do know like consistently with consequences you do, you have to, cause they're going to catch on quick that you don't mean it. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. whatever. Like I'm going to do this and then she's going to let me do it anyway. So I do know that consequences, which is very hard as a parent, especially when you're a single parent with three and you're trying to manage not it feels like it's almost harder to give a consequence to one when the other two because now you're managing this and that now you're like well they don't have to and i have to and then you're having these other conversations along with the consequence yeah we well there's a lot there was a lot there to one i know i know so if there's if if you know if one of the child's misbehaving and the other and the other ones are fine we are always like you got to give the child who's who's not behaving well, the consequence and don't give it to other ones. It doesn't, it shouldn't be equal. And you explain to your child to say, and they don't have to understand this, but it's, it's good to say it to them. Look, the reason you're being treated differently is because you behave differently. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you, if you behave the way that's, that's appropriate within this household and following the rules of the household, you won't have these issues and that's up to you. So they, these come with consequences can't make you do X, Y, and Z, but when you do it, you're going to get consequences and you're going to have to decide what, what you want to do. And then you know, with, with our parent coaching or other stuff, you talk about like, what's the appropriate consequence? Cause if, I was just about to ask that question. What because, is that? Like, what's because level? a consequence of no consequence, to the child is not really a consequence. So it has to be, it has to be something that matters to them. And, right. and, and they'll tell you it doesn't matter. That's the biggest thing. Parents go, what happens when consequences don't work? What, what happens when they don't care about the consequences? And we always, we always say, well, first of all, if they're smart, they're going to say to you, I don't care about the consequences because then you won't give them. Right. That's, I mean, that's just a normal thing to say that they don't care about the consequences. So, so you really want to ask yourself, like, do they really care? Like, like if, if they lose their, their phone privileges, electronic privileges or whatever, that's the most common one. No guy, I don't care. They really do care. Oh yeah. And they might, they might say like, you know what? I'm going to pretend I don't care for three hours. I lost my phone, but but after a while, it might take you three, four, five, six times of, of consistently doing this consequence um, before they they grudgingly will will come around. It, it takes, depending on the kid, it it um sometimes it takes one or two tries. Sometimes it takes more than that. Mm-hmm. What what what's happened is they've they've developed a set of poor problem solving skills. They're acting out and and. Their defiance are ways that they solve their problems. So when your kids start getting seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, they start having responsibilities they never had before. Mm-hmm. And a responsibility is a problem to be solved. You have to do something you don't necessarily want to do. Like that's just, we all have that problem. Like I have to, you know, you want to go to the gym, but you don't feel like it. Like, you know, but yeah. you make yourself, but you make yourself do it. That's, that's a problem to be solved. Anger is a problem to be solved. Frustration is a problem to be solved. And these are all things that kids are experiencing for the first time, really, when they start hitting you know, later, you know, seven, eight, nine into their, into their uh, tweens and teens, they're getting more and more complicated problems in their life that they never had to really solve before. And, and what happens is they, the acting out becomes a problem solving skill and, and it works. That's, that's why it happens is that, is that when they define, when they don't want to do their homework and don't want to like go through the, the sort of the struggle of doing homework or putting down something else they wanted to do, if they act out enough, Oh, we give the up. Parent will remove that responsibility from them. They'll just throw their arms up. I don't care anymore. If you if you're coming home from work and your child's supposed to do chores, and they haven't done whatever they were supposed to do, 
it becomes easier for you as a parent just to do the chore yourself than to go through that fight again and go through all those hassles or whatever. That becomes more difficult. And so you give up on them and you say, hey, I'm going to do it's easier for me to do the chores. The chores get done. Right. That's but what the child moms do for sure. So how exactly. do you avoid and the child, the child has internalized like, hey, this is a this 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 solved my problem. My my acting out, my being defiant or whatever, they they remove the responsibility from me, which is almost the same as rewarding accomplishing. Them. Yeah, yeah. Or reward it or or if yeah, or if or if they get frustrated and start throwing stuff around because they can't figure out something and you come over and you do it for them. They've learned that, oh, when I can't do something, what I should do is, is get frustrated, throw stuff around, and, and then someone's going to come over and save me. And, and they start learning those things. And the problem is, as they get older and their problems become bigger, they're going to have to act out in bigger and bigger ways to get someone to try to solve those problems. And it, it becomes mm -hmm. worse. So, so how do you avoid giving up and throwing your hands in the air? Uh, you talk to a parent coach and <laughs> you have to, well, or, or you just, you just have to, you have to stay the course and realize that it's your job as a parent to set limits and consequences. Don't feel guilty about it. Especially if you're in a divorce situation, don't feel, you know, a lot of parents will say to themselves, you know what they're acting out They're They're, they're being um, defiant. They're having issues right now, but you know what? That's because they're going through all this stress of the divorce that I caused them. And we always say, no, your child is the one who, decides whether or not they're going to be defiant to you. They, you know, I use the example over and over again, where the, where maybe your daughter's too young now, but you might get to a point because so many parents come to us where, where the daughter's in the middle of the kitchen and says, F you mom, right to her face and, and defiant. And, and, and they have at that moment, you can blame it on anything you want, but at that moment, they know they're not supposed to do that. Right. And if you're not sure that whether they know they're not supposed to do that or not, then you, then we suggest you write those basic rules down the basic rules about no throwing stuff, no hitting, no swearing, no verbal abuse, put it on the refrigerator. They know what the rules are. They have a decision at that point is whether they want to follow the rules or not, regardless of, of whether they've been through a divorce, whether they've been through a death in the family, whether, whether they've had a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, all of the excuses for them. We're making exactly. excuses for them. They really do know like what there's, other ways for them to show their they yeah they they know and it's fine. it's just and it's okay to have empathy everyone has everyone has various problems and like we all we all do it's, it's terrific to have empathy but but what james lehman in the total transformation program which is what we evangelize says over and over again is that the goal is good behavior no matter how bad you feel no matter how bad you're feeling he always hated this what we call the esteem movement which is that Oh, the reason kids behave badly is they have low self-esteem. So let's try to get their esteem up. He was always the other way around. He goes, no, no, they need to learn how to behave appropriately and not abuse other people and follow the, the rules of life, regardless of how they're feeling. If they're feeling, you know, the speed limit isn't the speed limit isn't 70 miles an hour if you're feeling good about yourself, but it's 90 if you're not. No, it's just it's 70 for everyone. You have to sort of learn to live within those within those boundaries. And we tell parents that because we don't want them to feel guilty for their child's behavior because that takes the accountability off the child. You start blaming yourself for your child's behavior. Which is what goes on. Like, you know, they go through a lot. Yeah, we understand they're going through a lot. So you give them a, like a little bit of grace. But at the same time, it's long enough to where it's like, okay, like this is not the excuse anymore. Like we've gone through that. Like, now this is life and this is what we're dealing with and you're just gonna have to figure it out. So it's, it, we all go through that, I think. Yeah. And, and basically make excuses for bad behavior. 
Exactly. Yes. And it's not, and it doesn't, it doesn't serve them well. And they're not going to like you. That's the thing, especially like in so many situations, there's a lot of guilt racked up in the whole thing. And you pointed out good, like earlier where you have like, it's very common when parents come to us where they have two kids that are seem to get along pretty well without, you know, things here and there. And one of them, one of them's tough. Usually the last one is the yeah, most difficult. That's, yeah. that's why, that's why you stop having kids. Because um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know it, right? You know it when they're three years old. Three years old that they're a problem, um, and challenging. Because we always challenging. Come on, yeah, yeah. Because there's there's a meme out there that says, "I want my child to grow up strong-willed and independent, just not while I'm raising them." Oh, see, I say it's very it, it's challenging to hire uh, to to raise a CEO because exactly ooh, yes, yes it's hard. Yeah, you a lot want, of them are like you want it so much to be like yeah, but you're like. But you still gotta listen to my my roles, right? Yeah, Steve right. Jobs was apparently a nightmare as a kid, and and as as an adult, even like he's like pretty, yeah. he bucked the trends. He just and yeah. So so if they if they if they channel that into a productive way, these are the most productive people in the world. Right. Well, yeah, you just have to know where to throw it, right? Yeah, exactly. So so what do you think about? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So I have a question, and it's not going to be like solved overnight because. Um, but this is a recent one. And so for instance, so we were chatting about this before um, we, we hopped on air. So right now my five-year-old is having a, a hard time staying in his room. He is my best sleeper. He's great. First asleep, sleeps all night. All of a sudden they come back from an extended period of time at their dad's and they sleep all in one room there and they have their own rooms here. Typically when he comes home from that situation he goes and does his own thing by himself during the day like he likes his space he just needs his me time because there's so much of just sibling time but now he's starting to sneak into my seven-year-old's room who she already has a hard time sleeping she had like butts in the middle of the night she has a lot of anxiety and she that's just one of her things that she's always that we've been working with so he wakes her up and then she's exhausted and their school or whatever. And then like this morning, um, she, he did it again. We're all tired. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, just because you're awake, doesn't mean you go wake everybody else up in the, in the household. Like you have, you know, iPad or something that keep you read a book. And then, um, what will happen is then my oldest is now sleeping with him just to keep him company. They sleep well together. Um, it prevents him from getting up and, and disturbing my other child. They can come and get me, but then they think they you know they're going to get upset because there's really no reason yeah. for him to be getting up in the middle of the night because of these nightmares that he only has at my house. So how do you be empathetic to the fact that he is probably having some nightmares? He right, works on right. it with his therapist, but in enforcing him waking up his siblings, because yeah, that's, so that's that, wow. That's a challenging hard. one, isn't it? That's I a challenging one because it's. I am because if you if you're not doing your homework, not doing your chores, that's easy. You, you we have you know task based, time limited consequences. We can go into what let's what's an effective consequence. But so so one thing I'll say is that with the programs that we have, um, the the age limits used to be five to eighteen. We actually go to twenty five now because there's a lot of kids that are in the mm-hmm. twenty one to twenty five range still living at home. Um, so we started age five because one of the reasons we don't go younger than that is we want to make sure that that um, kids can understand like consequences, understand that their that their actions do have consequences, and when they're younger, that's just a little it's a little tougher. So first yeah. of all, we'd ask you to sort of evaluate like emotionally, intellectually, like where's where's your child? Like is it is your child? He a, understands. Really? Yeah. He understands. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. And then it's hard to blame him. Like, like it's hard yeah. to get like angry, angry at him. Cause he's probably, he's waking up and he's like, not. So we would probably develop some sort of a reward system to try to figure out not a bribe. So it's, it's a reward would be turned to bribes. Like, so like, like to reward homework, like you don't give them the reward if they go do the, the go do your homework. I'll give you a reward tonight. That's kind of like That's a bribe. Supposed to, yeah. Supposed to do that. Like I gave yeah, him a so, thing yesterday um, and said like, keep this with you as like, it was like a small little stuffed animal. I'm like, keep this with you. It'll, you know, it'll stay with you. I, I sprayed some of my perfume on like a blanket. Like I've, I encouraged him. The therapist worked on him about like doing an exercise where he wrote them on pieces of paper and he, yeah. and he hit him with Nerf guns and said, you're not real. Like we've done all the exercises. And so he understands it's like, do not wake up your sister. If you need to come wake me up, but he still doesn't. And, um, and it's, it's hard because you don't want to so, punish them, but at the same time, you're like, yeah. are you taking advantage? Yeah, that's so, so it's, it's excellent. You're asking the question it is, is, has he figured out that this is a way to manipulate and get some attention? Cause some of this is attention seeking behavior, perhaps. Probably. So, so you kind of have to ask yourself if, is that what's really going on in that situation? I, I, yeah, there's some, some consequences. And then the rewards, the way, the way we would structure reward is if you can, if you can, successfully not wake everyone up for like, you know, three nights in a row, then I'll reward you for having done it successfully for like three nights in a row. And then likewise, if you, you know, you know, if you, if you are going to be waking them up extra early, then there's must, I don't know, there might, maybe there's something else during the day that, that he does that, that you can just have as a basic consequence, mm-hmm. but, but it's not all consequences. So a lot, and you've already, it sounds like you're doing this already, which is, which is in the programs that we teach is, you need a consequence so that so that the behaviors that they're doing, they're not rewarded for them. As I was saying earlier, these acting out behaviors are often what they do to solve their problems. They have certain problems, and it turns out if you act out, someone will step in and like fix the problem or or move a responsibility from you or, or whatever. So the consequences make those behaviors no longer work for them. But they need to have an alternative behavior. They need to find some other way to solve the problem. That doesn't that doesn't fix the issue that that they have, that their problem solving skills are not where they should be. So mm-hmm. so a big part of our program is is how do you coach your child into what we call alternative behaviors, something instead of what they've been doing. So mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're you're working on a path. You thought about like what 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 can I, you, I, would you give me a teddy bear or something? I don't know. You said you gave him a teddy bear. Oh, it's or, like a little thing that he yeah that he wanted, and I was like, well. But if, if, if it's not going to work, then, you know, he's going to come back and sleep with me and, you know, kind of thing. Like, I don't know, we, we, we this is a newer, a newer solution that yeah. we're trying. Um, also when I was, um, I got this from a friend actually, it's a ticket system that I've implemented here to get them to understand rewards without money or screen time and that's tickets right. them so if they do the thing i did like ask them to do the first time they'll get two tickets but if they do something without me asking and i notice it i could just reward them with however many i think it is and they have a little box and they decorated it and they put the tickets in there then if they wrong each other um basically like if my daughter is mean and hits her brother she now ticket. has to go pay him a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Or yeah. however, depending on the consequence on like six tickets, we call and that making amends. You have to make amends to the person that you injured. Right. And also or, understand that there's a consequence to your action, but you're going exactly. to get negatively yeah. to him. The, 
The one thing they haven't caught on, which is really kind of funny, is that they even asked me what the tickets are for, like what they'll yeah. get for them. Uh, originally, it was going to be like one was going to be like 50 cents or a dollar, and they could go and buy something with however, like, instead of money. Yeah. But they literally have never asked me what they're for. <laughs> and the other day, my son was like, was like, well, who wants tickets? And they're like, me. I'm like, 10 tickets if you go to the shower first and you're done by in five minutes, whatever. And he's like 20, I'm like 15 and it's a deal. And then he went and he got his tickets and that's about it. Like he hasn't asked yet. And sometimes I'll say like, who's gonna get the gold star? And then they never asked me like what that equates. They just said, okay, yeah. you get the gold star today. Like when did, it works. So, so sometimes that works, but it, it can also, so one of the pitfalls of that is, is that you can ask your say, hey, will you, you know, I'd like you to do the dishes tonight. And they look at you and go, how many tickets? <laughs> right, right. But then again, <laughs> they haven't gotten anything for the tickets. Exactly. So, so like, but that's but that's where it turns into like, okay, now now okay, I get now I'm you're tickets. transacting here. Yeah, now it's a transaction. Rather I than, get that. Yeah, I get that. Rather than rather than an expected responsibility for living in this house, or do you have certain responsibilities? And sometimes that happens where they'll do something and yeah. be like, Do I get any tickets? It's like, nope, that was part of the that's part of living here, buddy. Yeah. Like you put your shoes away. Like yeah um, turn the lights out. So I have had that come up a little bit, but I'll tell them no. Um, but it does help. So I'm working yeah. on different things that way, but the, yeah. the sleeping thing's a problem. Um, that, that, that a, comes up with uh, grades too. Like do you pay your kids for, for A's and B's? I expect oh. grades. That's going to be what it is. And that I, I know I'm from a household where we didn't get paid on grades. Um, if we made a C, something was taken away. Like my phone was taken away yeah. like one time. I got a C didn't get it back until yeah. I, brought the next report card home yeah. with a beer. So, so we're, we're officially agnostic on that. We could, we completely understand why, why no pain for grades, but, but also as a reward system, we're like, yeah, that's not a bad idea either. Like it's up to, that, that is one of those places where parents need to decide what, what they want to do in their household because both I have a lot of friends that got paid for, for, they'd be right. like, I get 20 bucks for an A. I'm like, what? I, have, <laughs> I got five A's here. What? Like that was crazy to me, but people, they did it. Or if yeah, you had a yeah. report card with all A's, you got like a bonus. I mean, it works, but then like, do you bring that on to college? Like, how does that work? Cause you get more. Yeah, do you keep getting them? Yeah. 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 But you have to be careful I, with that stuff. Yeah. And chores, pay like paying for chores and things. That's also a very fine line. Allows yeah, in general, in general, paying paying to to meet a responsibility is turns into a bribe. Uh, we actually advocate giving an allowance for nothing. Yeah. Just just you give them an allowance. Okay. Um, and regardless, just just for living in the household, they, kids need to have money to do something, so they just get an allowance. Period. Um, and and uh, so it's not tied to chores. So there's no like bribe thing going on or whatever. Mm -hmm. but you can take, you can, you can find them. <laughs> See, this is, just changes the psychology a little bit, which is yeah. that, which is that if they don't do something, they, they can, they can lose it. In general, we'd rather have different consequences, not just a monetary one, but we'd rather have a, a, a like, we could talk, we could talk about what we think effective consequences are, but, but, um, money's hard I, though. I, when you have little ones, they don't understand the value. Yeah, of the they don't understand. Yeah. Not I, at I all. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure money's really the, the best consequence thing. We just, we just think that, giving an allowance just removes it's like the swear jar. The idea of that, that you have to get paid to meet your responsibilities in the household. Now you get an allowance just because you live in this household and you're a kid and you don't really have a job yet. So right. you want some spending money and that's and you have to have, like, it's almost like fine. the swear jar too. Like I didn't yeah, have one, exactly. but there are people that have them. What are your thoughts on, um, you're going to like this one. It's a doozy. It's one I've dealt with. Oh, um, <laughs> 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 I do it in the most 
best way I know how. Uh, memorizing your parent's phone number for a hundred dollar bill. For a hundred dollar bill? Mm-hmm. Why would you have to do that? My kids came home with a hundred dollar bill each. <laughs> for memorizing their phone, their phone number. number? That's an easy hundred bucks. Like, how do I get on that plan? I was like, uh, what? That's like, give I didn't even realize it was a hundred bucks. And I'm like, you don't even know. I was like, can I have those please? Because yeah. I just saw you rip a dollar and a half because you were angry the other day. I'm going to put this away. But they're like, yeah, for, for I'm, not sure I have, I'm not sure I have a reaction to that except it's not effective for anything. The kids just got a $100 gift. Right. So and, I was and like, that, oh. yeah. then I asked them to memorize my phone number. They didn't ask me for a thing. I was like, <laughs> Whose idea was it to get $100 to memorize the phone number? Their dad's. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't the kid's idea. So if it was the kid's idea, I'd be like, oh, wow. They, you went, went for that? Yeah. Smart kids. They just got yeah. hundred bucks out of it. No, it was one of those things like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. I'm assuming, I don't know. They just, this is how I'm thinking it went down. We, we have not yeah. had this discussion, but I thought it was a little crazy, but I was like, this is a terrible lesson to teach them yeah. like, because you're setting your bar way high on that one. Yeah. They, that basically just gave away a hundred bucks for, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was, I mean, and then I asked him what my number was and I was like, it's an important skill to know. Cause I think it's a very important thing. And it's yeah, a safety thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to reward you for something. I mean, good job, good pat on the back, good ice cream cone, maybe, but like, I think it's an important skill. It's just like learning what to dial 911. Um, yeah. So you don't want, you don't want your relationship with your child to be transactional. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Um, now, yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's very challenging when one parent is very transactional and the other is not. And that's a battle that we are, that I currently yeah. experience. It's very difficult to navigate that when you're co-parenting because your kids have these expectations. They're learning, I think, that one does one and not the other. I mean, they're not, they're not dumb. But it does become a challenge sometimes because you don't want to become that. Yeah, I think the mantra, the mantra, and it probably has to be said over and over and over again, which is that there's a different set of rules in this household, and we, I don't have control over what happens there, and he doesn't have control what over happens here. But when you're in this household, these are what the rules are. Exactly what and, I said. And then this is my. I said, yeah. whose house is this? Your house. So whose rules? Your rules. Yeah. And then it's leave. And then leave it at that. And then, and then I, I, we talked about this a little bit before. And then to be very careful if your kids are acting out, not not to blame it on. Nope. Your ex, no, no, no. even if you think that's that. really what's causing it, because that gives the kid an out. You don't, you want the responsibility on the kid and not to blame the ex for the kid's behavior. Yeah. And that is the big no, no. And you're not supposed to do that. And we don't say yeah. anything negative about, well, I don't say anything yeah. negative because I, even before I even got divorced, I have friends and family that have gone through one and they're like, whatever you do, you don't say anything negative because the way that kids are, and this is what my co-parenting coach says too, is they're half of you and half of him. And so if you are poo-pooing on the bad things that they resonate with, and they're going to think that those parts of them are bad. And then that's a whole nother piece of damage that you're doing to your child when it has nothing to do with them, but they resonate with those behaviors or things. And then they'll think that that's bad and then they won't. So that's another really big thing on why you don't badmouth the other. Yeah. And then, and then also, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the situation, I think, but, but in general, like, like if you don't get along with your spouse, like it would still be nice if your kids got along with their father. Like that's would be like, you would wish that for any child that they have a, 
that they have a reasonable relationship with their father. And if you, and if you're jeopardizing that, then that's, that's good. That's just a hard place to be. That's probably not where you want to end up going. No, um, it's not our, it's, um, it's, that's their relationship and that's on them. Yeah. And that's, they'll, yeah. they'll make their own decisions based off of whatever the experience is, as long as in they're safe, as long as they're in a safe space, right. um, then that's where you have to step in. But if they're in a safe space, that's y'all's relationship. That's also the consequence. Like you have to also, that's been very difficult too, is knowing that something's probably not going to come to fruition and knowing yeah. that for them, but they're going to have to learn it that way without me saying, well, told you so, or I knew that would happen. It's more like, you're going to have to experience it and draw your own conclusions yeah. because you don't want to push that on somebody, especially like your own experiences. And so it's very difficult to watch your kids just sit yeah. there and and, and it's it, and the coaching thing is part of the coaching thing is is a support mechanism because because you know half the time that the that your ex is talking bad about you and maybe telling stuff to your kids that they shouldn't ought to know and and then the kids come back to the household and now they use try to use that against you there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on and like how do you deal with that so in in, in our coaching we're just like you have to like if your kids start saying stuff that came from their ex you can't even have you just you can't have that conversation with your child. You say, nope, I'm not talking about that. I don't know what he says or whatever, but that's you know. Yeah, I usually just kind of go, oh, okay. Like this morning, yeah. it happened this morning. Uh, my five year old turned around and goes, Well, dad said that was your fault. I'm like, hmm, I'm okay. Uh, yeah. and it was because they left something at school when he was he, yeah. they were getting picked up and they left something behind. And I guess it was my fault. I'm like, I'm not really sure how that was my fault, buddy, but um just don't forget to put it in your backpack before you leave school today. Yeah. That's basically so how perfect. I did yeah. it yeah. in the nicest way possible. I'm like, what is that? Like totally. And so trying to explain to them, like actions, you can't be at fault if it wasn't there, yeah. <laughs> but that happens all the time. I'm like, okay. And you so got to take that, you got to take that deep breath. You got to take the deep breath and go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, so you kind of have to, and that's another like control thing. And I've learned that over the year because believe me, I was very reactive a year ago. Um, but I do strongly recommend to anyone, uh, if you have an opportunity to get a parenting coach, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get a, a third party because there's things that you can't see when you're in the moment. And then, yeah. You can say, well, I've tried that. And then you can try and troubleshoot it because it is very, very helpful to have that. And it's also accountability because I have to go back to her and tell her about what I did or how it happened or the lack thereof. Yeah. And I mean, she reviews emails in between me and, and my ex and he has one too. And it helps like, well, I think you handled that very well. Or probably want to put that that way next time. Let's phrase it this way or, you know, da, 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 da. so it's very helpful to, it, it is, it is. And it's I like, like the, and I like the next time because we're not going to do it right every time. No, It's just like next, what are you gonna do the next time? Like, oh, that was dead. That wasn't as, as good or, and, and was it because you didn't know it better? Or is it just sometimes you get frustrated, which mm -hmm. happens also. And you just try it next time, try to do better. And uh, own up yeah. to it. Like, just know, yeah. like, I, I like I'll say like, okay, this is what I did. I know it's not the right way. I, I'm going to do better next time, but da, 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 da. I should have probably done it this way. And, you know, it, but it gives you the skills to at least acknowledge that, okay, that was not the right way. And that you do know that another better way to do it. Right. Yeah, we even, so. we even advocate that, that when like, as a parent of like, you lose your cool in a way that's probably not good that with your child, 
some people say, should you apologize to your child or whatever? And we always say, yeah, yeah. yeah if you were, if you, if you didn't handle it right, model this behavior for them, model taking accountability for what you did and said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for what I did. I, I shouldn't have screamed at you the way I did. Next time, next time I'm going to try to do better and do X, Y, and Z. Not just say I'm sorry, but just say, you know, next time I'm going to try to do whatever and model for them the behavior of showing accountability in a humble way that all adults just need to learn how to do because we're not perfect and we're going to mess up here and there. Yeah. When I lose my ish, sometimes I will at, like, after things calm down, I have like a one, I do it, don't do it right away, but I do it on one-on-one and I'll say like, you know, um, most of the time I kids like, I'm really sorry, mom. I should have been listening to you. I'm sorry that, that I made you yell. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I got overwhelmed. I shouldn't have yelled. I'm sorry for yelling. Yes. You were frustrating me. So maybe we yeah. both next time, like when I ask you to do something, you do it. And if you don't do it, I'll just, you know, calmly ask you again, but like, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. Shouldn't have handled it that way. I'll try to do better next time. It, it, it does help them see you as someone that's not perfect. Um, now I won't apologize for how they're feeling. I have also learned that through my parenting coach where it's like, don't apologize for how they're feeling. You can say that you're sorry. Um, that like, if something like I, I I'll say something like, I'm really sorry that that happened today. And it's like, it's not your fault, mom. It's blah, blah, blah's fault. And I'm like, yeah. well, true, but I am sorry that that's happening. It's, and I was told not to apologize for that. It's more, um, like, I feel like, I'm sorry, you're not feeling you know good or you acknowledge our feelings. Yeah. I like that. You know, I, 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 you're making me think of, um, I've had, a like in the working world, I've had like in, in management, I've had people that have, that have reported up through me and it's pretty common to write an email to someone. I'm sorry. I didn't do whatever. And I used to say to them, like, don't write, like, don't write. You're sorry. Like you're busy. Things are going on. Like, just like, just own up, just say, I realize what I like to say is I realize this is coming late or whatever, but like when you're, when you're apologetic all the time, it doesn't, it doesn't really ring true. And it should only come when you truly are sorry about something that you did. And it doesn't have to be that often. It, it, it becomes how the words become hollow after a while. And in fact, one of the, sorry. Yeah. Sorry's. One, of, one of the consequences that, that we recommend in certain situations, we usually like to have consequences tied to the behavior. Um, so, um, like if you come in late from curfew, maybe you're grounded like the next weekend, but, but for the next three weeks or so you get to go out, but your curfews set back a couple hours. And if you are able to come in on time for, you know, three weekends in a row, your curfew goes back up to where it was. Perfect. So the, the, so that the consequences you practice coming home on time, but at, a, at an earlier hour. I like that. So that's sort of tying it to it. But sometimes it's hard to tie, especially the, the situation I was talking about earlier where, you know, your child swears at you. At some point, a teenage kid, like it's pretty common, is going to just swear, look you right in the face and swear at you. Is and, a mouth washed out with soap still appropriate? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could do that. Yeah. yeah that, is that, a, is no. that allowed these days? I don't know. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, right? I mean, there's... Things are very different from when we were children to now. So you have to be super careful what you do. But I just remember like I got soap put in my mouth when I oh, you actually had soap put in your mouth? Yeah. Oh um, yeah. My mom the, and a liquid soap. Oh, it's awful. Uh, I think I said crap. <laughs> I didn't even say like a bad word because I didn't we didn't curse, but crap yeah, was yeah. like I was like, well, I didn't even say a bad word. I, I mean, 
Yeah. So, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're not, I mean, we're not going to recommend that on our website. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we're not gonna go out there publicly and i still want to i still want to show up in like a google search like to go yeah. <laughs> so i mean there's certain there are certain whatever um the uh you know to someone that's like you know major abuse but we've all been I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean hey it's it's one of those things too though but they have to just learn respect and you also yeah. you know have to have a filter like that's yeah. that's a life skill yeah, yeah exactly so, but, so what, so what are the, um, so what I was getting at was, so if they swear at you, you're not sure what the consequences that's like related to that. You can make something up and it's, and it has, this is going back to the whole, I'm sorry thing. So this is going to sound completely hokey, but it works is that you take away something. So they swear at you and uh, the consequences that you take their phone for a set amount of time, let's say a couple of hours, like two hours or so, no matter what. So they lost it for two hours, but they can only get it back after they've written you a letter. And the letter has to go something like this. Dear, dear mom. Um, I know that there is that one of the rules in this household is no swearing and that I should not have sworn at you. And we don't want, I'm sorry, because they don't, they don't, they don't, they're not, they're not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh, they meant it. They did. Maybe, maybe they are, but maybe they're not. But you, but you should assume they're not sorry, and just say, just say that I, I understand that the rule in this household is that there's no swearing, and so that they've written down that you have a, it, it enforces the expectation that there's rules in this household, and you've broken the rules. That's why you're doing this. And furthermore, the next time I get frustrated with you, here's what I'm going to do, and 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 you can work with them on this. You know, I'm going to say. I need to step away for a little bit. I need to do something, take a timeout, do whatever, remove yourself from that situation where you feel like you have the urge to swear at mom or dad so that you've given them that alternative behavior. And they have to write this all down longhand on a piece of paper, then hand it to you. And then you, and you say, thank you. And you hand them the phone back and they're going to roll their eyes. And we always recommend like, if your child rolls their eyes, we just say, ignore it. Just don't even go there. Now go give it back. Us up. <laughs> usually, usually when they roll their eyes, you've won the argument anyway, they're rolling their eyes. Okay. I'll do it. You know what I mean? They roll their eyes. Just, Forget it. Let them, you know, maybe the next day for eye rolling, especially. They're usually trying to get a reaction out of you. So yeah. if you don't react, it'll go away eventually. Yeah, they won't and, and if you and if you do want to say something about it, we say wait 24 hours and then and then when things are argument with, calm, your, with your spouse or your partner, just wait 24 hours and yeah. And just say to them, you know, I you know, I just want to point something out that sometimes you you roll your eyes at me. And obviously it doesn't bother me because I don't react to it. So you want, you have to not react to it a few times. Right. So I know, sure. you know, I don't, I don't react to it. So it's not a big deal to me, but just so you know, when you go out in the real world, like with a teacher or a boss or whatever, if you roll your eyes, Very like you're not going to end up in a good place because no one likes that. Right. You know, I just see it as immature behavior, but someone else is, is going to take it the wrong way. So I would suggest you do something differently and then leave it at that. And, let, and then, you know, you've said what you've said and, and then go on. So, but the I reason sometimes when they do stuff and I'm like, okay, what do you think the consequence should be? Like, I, this is like, what's the rule? And I have them like talk the rules and then I say, okay, so what do you think the consequence should be? And then tell me what it is it's typically what I would do anyway. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, let's go. And then they do it. And then the next time it's like, so if you do it again, what do you think the consequence should be? And so I name it out and they list it out verbally to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not going to do it, but at least it just acknowledges that you know the rules. 
And I'm dealing with such young ones. I mean, they're just learning how to write. Yeah, they, and they they do need to do the rules because the, the the other the other piece on that is that if they don't, if the rules aren't clearly specified, especially with a child who's having behavior problems, you want to be able to say when you're giving a consequence. The reason you're getting a consequence is because you broke that rule and you point at it. Um, it, it just it removes, it makes it very explicit. And it cuts down on the argument because if the rules aren't really written down, if maybe it's not 100% clear, then they think that they're being punished because arbitrarily at this moment, you decided you didn't like what they did, as opposed to they've broken a rule that exists before, it exists now, and it's going to exist in the future. It's there, it's written on the refrigerator. Like it's a rule, rule, rule. So yeah. and, and the example I give is, is if there were no posted speed limits and it was up to the discretion of the police officers to whether or not you were speeding, every single traffic stop is going to be an argument over whether actually that was speeding or not. And the police officer, although maybe they want to use their discretion, they really don't want that. What they want is to be able to say, the reason you're getting a ticket is because the speed limit's 50 and you were going 70. End of story. Like, that's my job is like, you were, the speed limit's 50, it's supposed to be 70. Now, should the speed limit be 50? Maybe it should be 70. Like, the speed, you just go, you know what? That's a discussion you need to have with the town council. Yeah. Not me. Don't leave it up to interpretation, right? It's right. And you can then say. wear your hat as town council and say, look, we're going to have a town council meeting, a family council meeting tomorrow at five o'clock. And we can talk about the rules of the household. And if you have other suggestions, I will listen to them. Doesn't mean I'm going to change them. And let's meet at five. And from five to five 15, we'll discuss this about what the rule ought to be. And usually they don't, usually they don't show up. And because usually the issue is that they don't disagree with the rule. They just don't want it to apply to them at that moment. And they yeah. don't want to get a consequence. So, so, but, but sometimes they make legitimate cases maybe they'll make a legitimate case about that their curfew ought to be extended. And you can talk about that. And, and we always say the goal is independence. So you want your child to be independent when they're showing responsibility, then we recommend giving them more and more independence okay. because the, because you know, some parents, but that's, that's a parent's decision. Though. So we believe strongly that the parent is the authority in the household and gets to make the rules. Right. And not all parents are going to agree on what those rules ought to be. And we're kind of agnostic. We're like, yeah, you have a set of rules that, you know, that to me, maybe that's a little too strict, but you know what? That's, I get it. Like, and for other, and other families, like they have, maybe they're a little bit, um, you know, their, their, their curfews are a little bit later or whatever, but we just, we just caution parents. Don't, don't be the household that has no rules because that's what you, a lot of times it's not that they believe that it's just that they, they don't feel empowered to enforce limits to set boundaries or they feel guilty that the child's going to get angry at them if they set boundaries. Right. And one of our, one of our, one of our most popular articles is I hate you, mom. I wish you were dead. That's the title of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. And there's a whole, like there's guilt in parenting and all sorts of stuff. And then when your child tells you they hate you and like, uh, you feel terrible. Right. And they know you feel terrible. And that's kind of what's going on. So yeah, they're just doing it to hurt you and looking for a reaction. Cause really there's such thing as doing something for positive reinforcement or negative. Yeah. It's whatever it is, they're still getting attention, whether yeah. that be positive or negative, but they're still getting yeah. something. Yeah. So. And you said, and you said a word earlier in our conversation, use the word grace. And, and we always, and I love that word. And we always, we always tell our parents that, look, don't take your child's behavior personally. And, and the reason you don't want to take it personally is it's a behavior problem. They would have done it to any parent. It's not, it's not that it's you personally that 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 they're disrespecting or 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 being defiant to. They're just being they're just doing it to the authority figure in that household. 
don't take it personally. They have a problem solving skill that's lacking and you just, you need to get their behavior better. And, and taking it personally means it's much more likely you're going to overreact and start yelling and screaming, which is not good. And then second of all, and this comes back to the grace thing that you said, if you take their behaviors personally, it's going to be very hard to forgive them when they start behaving inevitably better. Like we have such an unbelievable success with our program. And, and when the, when the kids come around and start behaving better, if you've taken all those behaviors personally, it's so hard for you to, to give grace and forgiveness to your child. Who's who might've said horrible things to you. And, and we want to have a good relationship to our child. So we, we, we need to be able to wipe the slate clean once their behavior starts, starts getting better and realize that, you know, some kids have more difficult time than others figuring things out. And, and once they figure things out, like, like all the power to them and just, you know, you need to forget about that stuff in the past if you can. Absolutely. 100%. Well, this was a really great conversation. Um, got touched on a lot of topics I'm sure that are going to be hot, hot buttons for, for many people. Um, so where can we find you guys? And if we want to reach out, um, everything also will be in the show notes for the links and yep. things, but, uh, do you have, um, or does the program have anything on social media that they can follow or you gave the website earlier? Yep. So we're, we're at, we're at empoweringparents.com. Uh, the best thing to do is to go to the, the website and sign up for our newsletter and you'll get a couple of articles a week sent to you. Uh, if you want to sign up for the total transformation program, um, there'll be, there'll be within the articles we send you, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll see how to do that. You can also do it from our website and those, this program streams online. So you can sign up and do it immediately. You can get coaching with it. You can, if you sign up today, you can sign up for a coaching call tomorrow. Wonderful. Uh, and then likewise, we're also on Facebook and Instagram and just search for empowering parents and you'll find us. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Kimball, for being on the show and sharing so much. And, um, you know, it's, it's always good to just bounce ideas off or just, you know, not also not feel like you're the only one struggling with it. I mean, there's obviously people like you and your program out there to help because it's, you know, we're all experiencing yeah, it. So yeah. I really appreciate you uh, giving uh, some advice and guidance and um, giving us a resource. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Heather. It's been fun. Absolutely. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the Chaos of Cookies podcast. If you found this uh, interesting and you wanted to learn more, please visit the show notes. Go check out Kimball and the program and um, give us some feedback on what you guys took away from this. If there's things that you also uh, do too, that maybe you're not so proud of or have some tips for, for me or for anyone else that maybe we didn't discuss. So again, um, thank you again for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.